0: So, my first announcement for the new church is that next week, we will have two services. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. One will be at 4 p.m., and one will be at 5.30, because we have an overwhelming crowd, and I hope that as you speak to people about this, it will continue to grow. So one at 4 o'clock, one at 5.30, you can adjust your schedules accordingly, and then Within about two weeks, I plan to go to the auditorium of Naples High School, which will seat over 600 people. And so uh, we bow before the throne of God. We bow before the throne of God. Let's, Let's bow our heads as we ask God to intervene. Lord Jesus, we bow before your throne. We are overwhelmed that on the first night of a new church, so many people would come out because their hearts have been touched, because they hunger to hear your word, because they burn, Lord, to be closer to you. And so, Father, we ask you in every way to honor every word that we say, every thought that we do, Lord. Make it not about us, but about you. Honor yourself, Father, tonight. Take glory to this in everything that we do, as we want nothing more than to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. With every word that we say, I ask you also to bless these people, so many of whom are hurting, Lord, hurting. I ask you that you touch them and anoint them, even at this moment. Lord, we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This is a non-denominational evangelical church. We are unaffiliated with any denomination. You should feel free to bring anybody that you'd like to this church. Um, And one of the things that we want to do as we move forward with this church, I want you to feel free that as we have this church uh, on Sunday evening, that if you choose, you could still go to another church in the morning. If you wanted to do that, I I want you to know that. You won't be thrown out of here because you joined another church. And so, it's an important thing for you to know. I want you to have that freedom of spirit, all right? And here's another thing. We will not have any official membership. If you come here and attend here, you are affiliated with us. That's all that matters, you understand? That's all that matters. Because the last time I opened the New Testament, I didn't see Jesus opening up a membership book. I don't think I saw it. And so we are gonna dedicate ourselves in every way to the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are gonna go back and do it the way Jesus did it in New Testament times. We are not gonna be involved in politics. We are not gonna be involved in political issues. We are gonna totally talk about Jesus Christ and the cross and bringing people to the cross. And now here's the thing. You may be wondering, how did you get the name Naples Gathering? How did that name come about? Well, it came about very simply from a sermon that my son gave two weeks ago, uh, talking about that passage in Matthew when Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And when Peter said that, Jesus said, upon this rock, Meaning the Messiah of Jesus Christ. Upon this rock I shall establish my church. Now there was no such word in the Greek language at that time, and the gospel was written in Greek by Matthew. There was no such word. The actual word used uh, by Peter was, by Matthew, was ecclesia. Ecclesia. Now I wanted to name the church Ecclesia but I thought people would think it was Greek orthodox. <laughs> but I want you to know that the English translation of Ecclesia is the gathering. And so you have to understand that when Jesus established the church it wasn't based on a on a rock or a building or bricks or mortar it was established on the people, the congregation. You are the gathering all right? You are the gathering. As you look around, this is your church. And I want you to feel comfortable and understand that in every way. And so that is a group of people dedicated to serving the Lord. That's what we are. That's what we aspire for. Uh, And so I want to tell you what we stand for. I want to make a covenant with you so that you understand what you're getting when you come here with us. We believe in the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, plus nothing else equals salvation, period. All right? I am uninterested in any discussion about any philosophy that deviates from that. Jesus plus nothing else equals salvation. All we are interested in is advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no other agenda whatsoever. We are not interested in advancing ourselves. I put my face in the dust, in the dust before the throne of Christ. It's not about me. It's about him. All right? Really. And that's how we have to lead this church. And so I told you we don't believe in formal membership. You come here, you're members. You come here and you attend your part of us. And so our promise to you is to preach every week the word of God and to teach the word of God and not to be involved in politics or political issues. As shepherds, as under shepherds of the Lord and each and every one of this, including me, are all under shepherds. And you're going to see this message today as it relates to being an under shepherd. We will love you. We will affirm you. We will pray for you. We will anoint you. When necessary, we will baptize those who come here. We will care for you in every way. And periodically, probably once a month, we will have the Lord's Supper right here. All right, right here. Now, In this place, you can have a difference of opinion with me. I want you to be aware of that. And if you have a difference of opinion with me, you will not be discarded. All right? I want you to act like the Bereans in the New Testament church in Acts 17, where it said, quote, they searched the scriptures themselves to see if what Paul said was true. And that's what I want you to do. If you hear me say something, I want you to check the scriptures because if I say something that's merely my opinion, you could discard it. But if I say something supported by the gospel of Christ and scriptures, well that's a different thing. You search the scriptures. You'll be responsible. God gave you an intellect in order for you to say that. And you should not be afraid about having a difference of opinion. Nothing untoward will happen with you in this church. I want to make a covenant with you. I will never take any funds from this church for our personal benefit. Never. I will not take a salary. I will not take any income to in any way affect what we do in our lives. 100% of the income that will come into this church will be dedicated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 100%. And that means, and that means that we will have a significant mission program. Significant. And we will be putting people together that will head that effort up. Significant. We're going to start with local missions and move on. Uh, We are going to be actively involved in promoting uh, missions. And so we believe that you can attend if you want another church every Sunday morning. I want to give you that freedom and still come here. You're not going to be handcuffed to us. We don't own your soul. Jesus owns your soul. You understand? So I want you to understand that. And so if you prefer, we can be your primary church. Because I can tell you right now, it's going to be my primary church. And so I want you to be aware of that. (laughs) No matter what choice you make, we will love you. That is my solemn promise. We will love you. We will care for you. We will affirm you. We will pray for you. If you're sick and in a hospital, we will try to visit you. We will be there every possible way as we try to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We believe in dialogue, not dogma. And now I want to read a quote from that great preacher, Adrian Rogers, which I believe is so appropriate for this service. And this is his quote. It is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. We have some today who would jettison truth on the altar of cooperation. There is no way to preach truth and be loved by everybody. In the Bible, anybody worth anything had enemies. Amen? All right. And so as we begin the portion of our, of our service that will, that will be the message, I just want to say another prayer. Bow your head. Lord, Please, Father, I ask you that you anoint the words that I'm about to say. Let it be your words, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to touch our heart. Lord, I bow before your throne, and I ask you that every word come from you. We put this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, as I went around this evening and talked to you and tried to shake every single person's hand, the one thing that came true to me in a profound way, that there is a sense of sorrow, there is a sense of grief, Uh, It's almost as if there's been a passing in our lives, uh, and and effectively you have been terribly, terribly disappointed by the local church. All right, it has failed you, and that is a terrible thing to say. All right, Uh, and so I want you to know that God knows this. God knows your heart. God knows you're hurting, and so this message tonight is inspired by the Holy Spirit as God reaches out to you in your moment of need right now. And so I want you to understand that, and that God is well aware of the pain that you're suffering. God is well aware of the injustice that you're suffering. And so you need to understand this. You need to know that God is in control. He is in control, and God will lift you up. He will affirm you, and He will bring justice to you in every way. And so the events of these past several weeks, Uh, have been profound, especially to me. And so as I've prayed to God for the message that he would give me, I want to start really with Acts chapter 20, verse 26. And this is the moment where Paul is preparing to leave the Ephesian church, a place where he had spent several years developing and building it. And now he's got a call to go to Jerusalem. He knows as he goes to Jerusalem, most likely he's going to be imprisoned, and he will be imprisoned. He'll be sent to to Rome and spend two years in prison there. Uh, But he's he's speaking here to the church. Uh, And to me, it's as if he's in this room and he's speaking to us today. Verse 25, Romans 20, verse 25. I'm sorry, Acts. I have Romans on the mind, right? Acts, Acts, forgive me. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Does that sound like modern times? Does that sound like things that you've suffered? Does that sound like the pain that you've endured? And here it is 2,000 years ago, the greatest evangelist in the history of the world, as he leaves this work in Ephesians, says to the people that remain, be on your guard, protect the flock. Savage wolves will come in, even those among your own number. And that's what God is saying to us today. It's a warning to us to be on our guard, to understand that how precious this thing is that God has given us. What this gift is, this gift from the Lord, and how savage wolves would want to destroy it. And so I want to warn you all and put you on notice that you are all under shepherds, just like I'm an under shepherd. And that means that as we see people that have been abused and discarded and thrown out in every possible way and slandered, and libel that you go and find them and love them and hug them and tell them that Jesus Christ wants them to be part of his kingdom. I don't care what human beings do, what kind of determinations human beings do in in religious organizations who may decide in their own twisted minds that they can excommunicate you. Let me tell you something. I don't see anything in this scripture that tells me Jesus Christ excommunicated anybody, ever ever. All right? The gospel is love. It's affirmation. It's lifting up. That's what we stand for. And we have to stand in the breach and stop these kind of things. We can't let people run roughshod over the will of God. We have to stand up. And sometimes that means you have to take attack. You may be persecuted. You may suffer. Yes, and possibly even be thrown out of church. But you want to know something? Better to be thrown out of church for the kingdom of God than to stay mute and not do anything and watch the kingdom go down. Jesus. You have to understand that when Paul said this, he knew he was going to go to Rome. He knew he was going to be persecuted. He knew he was going to suffer. And so he's reminding us, even as he leaves, that as that force, that force leaves, that evil tries to come in. And make no mistake about it, folks. Make no mistakes. There can be evil in the church. You remember that C.S. Lewis commentary, right? Those of you who are in my Monday morning know I say it well, in which the two demons, the senior demon is writing to his nephew, uh, Wormwood, who just tells him, I just blew it. Uncle, one of our men just joined a church, and I thought I had him going to hell. And uh, the screw tape says to him, Screw tape says to him, Fear not, dear nephew. We do our best work in church. I'm sorry to say that. It's not all church, but there are people that have sacred scars in this congregation. People who have done nothing but voice questions and lifted up their voices to find out what's going on. And as a result of that, they've been discarded, they've been hated they've been slandered. Well, that will not go on in this church. And I'm hoping to raise up hundreds of under shepherds who will make up their mind right now that they will be part of stopping this, that they will go forward and see that justice goes on. Uh, And so I want you to be aware of the fact that we are all under shepherds. And so this is a foundational precept, a foundational precept of this church. And my call to you today When we hear about the leader's responsibility of the flock, I want you to understand you are part of the leadership. Just because you're sitting in the chair and I'm here in the podium, there's no difference as far as God looks to you and you have have been responsible. And so here's the problem. People have been scandalized. People who say they've given their heart and gone to church for years have been scandalized, all right? What a scandal that is in the eyes of God. Our church should be loving and affirming in every possible way. And instead, instead, it's not that. In fact, you know, one of the things that I heard a local leader, and I'll only say local church, I'm not going any further than that. One of the leaders of the local church say uh, one day, in reference to people who voice differing opinions, we will treat them harshly. They will suffer the consequences. Where is that in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I repudiate that. I repudiate that. And before the cross of Christ, and you should as well. I want you also to turn to Ezekiel, if you would. Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has been become food for the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock but cared for themselves rather than my flock, therefore, O oh, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign God says. I am against the shepherds, and I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths, and it will no longer be food for them. Understand how God looks at his sheep. This is his church. You are his people. He repudiates you being treated harshly. He wants you to be loved and affirmed. And if those who are your leaders and so-called shepherds fail in that regard, God will remove them. It will be a serious justice and judgment. You don't even want to think about it. And and then look at verse 16. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. That's what God cares for. He cares for love and affirmation and justice. God will step in when there is injustice and when you're treated harshly and when those evil shepherds scatter the flock and throw the flock out of church and remove them from the church. In fact, some of the the flock were not only just removed from church, they were told never to set foot on church property again. Have mercy on them. Lord, have mercy on them. These are your people. These are your sheep. That's why this message to me is so profound. I want you also to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, understanding about these last days because clearly as I look at this, as I see churches fail, fail in their responsibility to being shepherds, I recognize that we are teetering towards the last days. And so look if you would at 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, Rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. You know what it means when it says having a form of godliness? It means that within your midst, even to the extent that some may pose as leaders, they appear to be godly. You understand? They appear to be godly, but when you drill down, and you look at the fruit of the Spirit, it's non-existent. And that's the warning here. That's what's happening. Have a form of godliness, but Lord Jesus, we don't want a form of godliness, Father. We want to be pure before your throne. We want to be solid before your throne. We don't want a form of godliness. We want to be in every possible way consistent with how you want us to live. And so what we recognize here, their actions will give them away. Their actions will give them away as they act with hatred and injustice and harshness and persecution and inflict suffering. You will know who they are. And so God could not be more clear. He is protecting you by separating you from these kinds of people. You need to be aware of this. And so the promise of God goes across eternity as it relates to us and our church here. And we hear from our one and only shepherd that he loves us and cares for us in the most profound way. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 18. Acts 18, verse 9. And let me set this up for you. This is Paul in Corinth. He's being persecuted. He's being threatened with prison. He's been beaten. He's been stoned. They abuse him. They slander him. They libel him. And so this is a human being. He's just like you. He's just like me. We hurt. We can say we're unaffected, but we're hurt. We're in pain. I know you hurt right now. I know you're in pain. It's as if you're looking at a funeral, and you never expected this kind of thing to happen. But I want you to see what God says to this brother who is despairing and not knowing what his, what his message should be. Verse 9. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack you and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Can I get an amen? I want you to understand, did you ever think that you would come out Sunday night and be surrounded by hundreds of people? There's probably 350 people in this room right now. Did you have any idea that there were so many other people who were hurting and hungered to be together and serve the Lord and walk with justice? You had no idea, but this is God's message to you. Look around, folks. This is your church. And so you understand that as Paul was uttering these words, as he's speaking these words, he had been beaten and persecuted and suffering, And he was thinking of maybe just shutting it down. And God t- tells him, keep on speaking. Keep on speaking. Every single one of you, keep on speaking. Do not stop. Lift up the cross of Christ. Stand for justice. Caress the, she- the sheep. Love them. Affirm them. Tell them that you want to be part of their lives in everything you do. And that's going to be the essence of what we do in this church. That will be the, the essence. And though, so God is speaking to us today, right here, 2,000 years later. Now turn to Jeremiah chapter 23. I'm going to give your Bible a workout. All right? I'm going to give your Bible a workout. Jeremiah 23. This speaks mightily of how God looks at the evil shepherd. How God looks at those who scatter the flock. How God looks at those that take his church, who was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, and instead wreaks havoc upon it. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my sheep. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord." That's the promise to you tonight. That's the promise of God. He loves you and cares for you so much that He gave His Son to die on the cross for you. Do you think He wants you to leave? Do you think He wants you to be scattered? Do you think He wants you to be scandalized? Do you think he wants you to be suffering? Do you think he wants you to suffer the indignities of being thrown out of a church because you did nothing more than speak your voice? Let me tell you something. God could not be clearer. The evil shepherds will be punished. They will be punished. They have to face God, and you don't have to worry about it. But you have to leave here tonight committed to walking with him, to being an under-shepherd, to caring for the poor, to caring for those who've been hurt, to caring for those who've been scandalized, to caring for those who in every way have been libeled and treated poorly. That's what God is asking you tonight. That's the message that this is all about, that God wants us all to be under shepherds in the most powerful way. Look, this is my message to this first-time gathering of the people of God here. Do not be afraid. Speak out. Speak the truth. Shepherd those that need to be loved. Give the word of God to those who need to be affirmed. Freeze with us. He walks with us in every possible way. These words speak mightily to me today on the first day of this new church. Let's draw a line in the stand. Let's say this is where we stand. We will walk here and we will not put up with anything else. We will not go for injustice. We will shepherd the weak. We will shepherd the hurting. We will reach out. When we see injustice, we will speak out. When we see the things of God blasphemed, we will speak out. When we see the people of God threatened and thrown out of what should have been godly assemblies, we will speak out. We will not let evil triumph. We are all under shepherds to him, and he walks with us. In every possible way. Do not be afraid, church. He is with you in every way. And so, as I bring this message to a close, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine? or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Nothing, no one, no power, no doctrine, nothing, will separate us from the love of Christ. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message, Father. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that's throughout this room. Lord, I ask you that this message resonate in the heart of our people, that it grow and it continue to bring them closer to you, Lord. I ask you also that those who are hurting and are in pain and in suffering, be anointed, Father. Be anointed and have the pain removed to let them know that you are the one and only God You created us, and nothing, no power, can ever separate us from you, Father. We thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the blessings of being able to have this church. Lord, I ask you as we go forward each week, week to week, be with us and support us and lift it up. We, Father, we put all of this, all of this, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you are dismissed. Amen.